Welcome to As Seen on Internet, episode 17, the show that brings you the tech news you need to know, as well as the most amazing internet we can find. My name is Ben Foster, and with me, as always, is... Amit Wadera. Coming up on today's show, hey, have you been wanting that NES Classic that allows you to play all those cool classic NES games? Well, I found a cool site that's going to help you track this down. Uh, we're going to look how publishers are using private and closed Facebook groups to get more engagement with their audiences. Have you ever wanted to challenge your friends to win money? I found a cool app that's going to allow you to do that, uh, that has a fun little social component in there, too. Uh, but hey, man, how you been? Welcome to 2017. Are you uh, excited for the NFL games this weekend? Oh yeah, big big time. What you, <laughs> our boss <laughs> is a uh, Packers fan, so um, he is notoriously all about the Packers. We did a good job celebrating his birthday. I have to admit, those <laughs> the, instead of happy birthday balloons, there's a giant Green Bay Packer balloons. <laughs> been, uh, you know, I don't know. I, it's hard to choose between the Packers and the Patriots, or I'm sorry, the Packers and the uh, Falcons. I, I don't know. Uh, who are you thinking? Uh, I say my heart says Falcons. Falcons. My money may say Green Bay. <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> yes. There's this there's this grandmother on the train that I take every yeah. day. She might be the most diehard Packers fan yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. She has her iPad. She's like a she she must be like 55 plus, yeah. and she's always dressed in full Packers gear. She has <laughs> Packers shoes. Yeah. She has a. This is a Chicago train. This is a listeners. Chicago train. She has uh, a scarf that's yeah. a, it's a, has holes in it that look like cheese, and she <laughs> plays Madden NFL football every single on day iPad. on her iPad, and she's the Green Bay Packers yeah. every day. <laughs> I was like, wow! I'm just impressed that this 55 year old grandmother is playing Madden every day. I think that's amazing. I've never but played that on the iPad is it a fun? It seems fun. Yeah. I'm, I watch her like for a couple of minutes because yeah. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Speaking <laughs> of, listeners of the show will know I'm not the big. Apple iPad fan personally. However, my family all uses it and loves it. And sad news to report, our iPad 2, which was purchased right before South by Southwest in 2011, uh, <laughs> before you know we let our son use technology a lot, um, it is so old. It's like to the point where we can't use apps anymore because it's definitely <laughs> not updated. It finally died after about six years of use. Yeah, at least it had, a, it had a good run. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait <laughs> six years out of it though, man. Like it was, I was happy with it, but we got the new uh ipad air 2 it's nice. slick yeah. yeah it's like i get this one um you ever seen the serious eats blog mm -hmm. yeah. yeah your wife's a chef she yeah, yeah. Stuff. yeah. Uh, that guy uh kenji is his name he released this awesome cookbook um just it's like something about the science of home cooking or whatever oh, really? it's absolutely amazing yeah oh, and I, nice my tablet is i don't know smaller and i wanted to read in bed so i got it for, i spent money on the apple store for the first time in probably <laughs> five or six years uh, for my own, but it's, it's just absolutely beautiful to read on this oh, iPad nice. here. I love it. All right, now to the most amazing internet we can find. At the top of the show, I teased uh, the NES Classic. Well, I found this cool site, um, and it came to me uh, because I just got one gigabyte, uh, gigabyte, in, uh, <laughs> one gigabyte internet access uh, in my home. And I was looking, we had this router, and it was one of the 802.11Ns, and I needed a big one. Um, so we also weren't able to get internet in like my daughter's, the corner of my daughter's room. So I really wanted the Google Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. You've seen this, the yep. Google Wi-Fi? It's yep. sweet. Yep. So it's three different routers. They're beautiful. They look like um, two white hockey pucks kind of stacked yeah. on top of them. Compared and, to like other routers, they, they're probably one of the most beautiful looking routers yeah, you yeah, can buy. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And so it creates a mesh network, which allows you to kind of string together routers together uh, to make something that covers your entire house. And it's been unbelievably amazing. So Wi-Fi, I can get 
about 220 when it's close to the router, 220 down, and then about 130, 140 at all points in my house. Oh, nice. All set up. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, like, Netflix 4K is just up in a second. That's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. So, anyways, I wanted this so bad, and it's hard to find these things. So, I got turned onto the site in the Reddit Google Wi-Fi forums called Now in Stock. Now in Stock. And what Now in Stock does, I believe the address is Now in Stock. I'll get the exact address here. Uh, but what it does is it kind of scrapes... Uh, Various websites that sell it, so like Best Buy or Amazon or any of those other ones, nowinstock.net, and it lets you know when a hard-to-find product is on sale. And you can sign up for text updates, email updates, anything like that. So I just kind of put on a whim, get it up there, and um, was walking to go get my kid, and I uh, ran into a neighbor, was talking to him for a while, and a text message popped up. And I was like, oh, I'll just get it when I get home. Sold out by the time I got home. Really? But then I started getting these text messages again and was finally able uh, to snipe one going on there. So it comes as a text. The text gives you a link to go over to buy it directly to huh. the portal. So, so you're there doing it. So you can do this for the Pixel phone. You can do it for Google Wi-Fi or even the NES Classic. Can you? Is it only for tech or can you do it for any type of any type of gadget? I think it's for any type of gadget where you're having on there. So the ones they have kind of set up as a hot tracker, they have... Um, uh, the Xbox One, the PlayStation 4, the new Nintendo Switch console. I grabbed a pre-order huh. for the new Nintendo Switch. So oh, I have really? allegedly a day one pre-order uh, coming to go out there. PlayStation VR, uh, some of the phones up there. Those have Hatchimals on there, the hottest toy. That was a I'm, wo- I'm wondering if um, there's, there's a product, uh, there's, a, there's actually a golf ball sold by oh, Costco. I saw that today. That is probably the highest demand golf ball right what now was the, what was the so this golf ball everybody was sharing this what yeah so about? basically it? costco is sells their own kirkland brand yeah. of golf ball yes. and right when i first saw it i was like oh i'm never gonna play a kirkland ball right and and then i saw i started reading some articles about it and people were saying that the golf ball performs better or equally on par to really? one of the most expensive balls title is pro v1 huh and a Titleist Pro V1s. These are proper golf like, These are proper yeah. golf balls. Regulation, everything. Huh. And a Pro V1 sells for about $4 per ball. Yeah. So that's pretty expensive, especially as an amateur if you lose a ball. Huh. These Costco yeah. ones sell for like $1.25 a okay. ball. So Costco did no, absolutely zero promotion about it, yeah. and they've sold out. And then um, they got another stock of them, and yeah. then they sold out within like, Huh. 10 minutes no so now everyone we're not even golfing season we're not even golfing season. people are people are doing the same thing like what they did on nes they're buying like 20 dozens of them just to sell them on ebay so let's go let's go to ebay these are how much do they retail for i believe on costco they were 30 dollars for two dozen balls 30 dollars for two dozen let's take a quick look at you 85 dollars for a <laughs> For a dozen, holy yeah. cow! There's a huge double demand. dozen, two hundred and thirty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so are they? Wouldn't I be better off buying a proper, more expensively priced ball? Or do these things? The way this market is kind of reading to me, I know right now it's kind of crazy. I think. I mean, like, I, I definitely wouldn't pay more than Pro V One, yeah, price, which is like fifty dollars for a dozen. Huh. So. I don't know. The, the the economics on this is kind of out of whack, but I could easily see using. Yeah. I'm totally going to use this now in stock. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it really again. cool. I don't see the golf balls on there yet, but uh, if you come across one of those NES Classic editions, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you know. How they, have you seen the Nintendo Switch that's coming out? I just read about it it's today, awesome. yeah. So it's a tablet. The thing's hook on the side, but also you can set it up to your TV. Did it, did it come out with a lot of games? Uh, I think there... I, uh, I don't know the exact number. There was a decent... I just want Zelda. Frankly. Yeah. As long as Zelda <laughs> comes out on day one, uh, I'm happy. But one of the other ones they have on there is called 1-2-Switch. 
Uh, if you remember when the Nintendo Wii came out, the big thing was sports. Remember when, yeah. like, Nintendo yeah. Wii Party? What was that, 05? It was Something like that, yeah. And, like, playing tennis, tennis for the first <laughs> time. You're like, oh, my gosh. People this, got workouts. <laughs> yeah. This one has, in the, in the sensors, in the two controllers that uh, kind of snap off, they have that kind of motion detection with IR. But also there's this advanced haptic feedback. So haptic feedback is like the thing in your phone that shakes right. uh, when you start to do it. But there's a game in there where you hold it and you're like holding a bag and you guess how many balls are in a bag. Huh. So you're holding. Interesting. Yeah. Think of, just hold, pick up a pen, right? And then hold it. And then imagine if you shook the pen around, it would feel like a certain number of balls were in there. Huh. Yeah. This is crazy. Piece That's of crazy. Technology. Yeah. And then a lot of the stuff is designed to play kind of across with each other. So you play, you don't even look at the screen. I'm playing while I'm looking at you with some of these games. Huh. So that seems to be really, really cool. So I'll report back on that and get that. Cool. All right. So I could talk about it. We should start a Nintendo podcast. Well, right? we could. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get back to the amazing internet. What'd you find? Uh, uh, there was a cool meme that kind of popped up uh, in the last week or two. Cool or um, dank? Uh, okay. Maybe dank. <laughs> Probably dank. Um, this one was called Salt Bay. Bay. Salt Bay. Bay spelled. B-A-E. Oh, yes. And um, who, you may ask, is Salt Bay? Salt Bay is this Turkish um, restaurateur. Yeah. And his name is Nusret Goki. And uh, he has this Instagram feed. And um, I don't think I've ever seen in any of his posts that he actually talks. Um, but all he does in his Instagram feed is kind of uh essentially he he <laughs> he cuts meat yes. so he he owns like a bunch of steakhouses and he cuts meat like essentially and people yeah. like on the internet just ate it up <laughs> and and in one of the or in a few of the the videos at at the end of the uh the video when he cuts his meat um he flamboyantly salts uh his meat and hard to describe it you just kind of have to watch it um, but after watching it, it is kind of like mesmerizing yeah. and basically the internet just took off with it. Yeah. Like salt, you know, people like just flamboyantly salting, like everything. Um, the NHL on NBC did a really cool, uh, take on it where instead of salt, it looked like, you know, the snow on like uh, cool. on an ice rink that looked cool. Um, somebody Photoshopped him, yeah. um, you know, salting the Hollywood, uh, the Hollywood sign in <laughs> nice. California. So that was pretty cool. The memes are, are playing off each oh, other. Oh, yeah, now. definitely. Cool. All right, let's go to the best product hunts we've seen. Product Hunt still continues to be <laughs> um, the most amazing site I use to go uh, find stuff. They were recently purchased, I think, by uh, AngelList. Um, I think AngelList uh, List purchased them. Uh, so uh, Product Hunt coming up with all the cool stuff I've seen. One of the cooler things I saw on Product Hunt was this app called Spar. S-P-A-R is the app, Spar. Okay. And so what Spar does is it allows you to challenge your friends um, for various tasks. So do 75 push-ups in a day. Go to the gym every single day. Drink uh, a cup of coffee or a thing of juice every single day. So you then put money on the line with your friends to kind of go do it. So um, you you had to if you're doing 75 push-ups a day, you have to check in Every single day you do it or it finds you, puts more money into the kitty to kind of go and do it. So it's not a game where the, the where it determines the winner and loser. It's more of like a uh, an app to kind of track that you're huh. kind of going about did it. And then you upload a video to prove you did it. So it's, oh, kind okay. of, it's, it's this cool like um, people kind of uh, – you know, there's these apps that people love sharing when they do push-ups and stuff. They're, you know, all the, the memes of um, people doing to share stuff. 
And what's cool about this is that you just, you have that same kind of social sharing, but there's money on it. And we, you know, we started this weight loss contest at work and everybody threw in 10 bucks. It's amazing what just something like 10 bucks does to your motivation to right. like stop you. There's, there's, as we sit in our, <laughs> as seen on internet studios, there are two giant bowls of candy just staring at me, but I put 10 bucks on this. So I'm not going to dig into these, uh, gi <laughs> these gigantic pieces of candy. So I got a little bit of money on it, but, uh, it's this cool. I think it's only available for iOS right now, but I'm going to get my hands on it and do, uh, some kind of fun things on there. What'd you see on a uh, product on recently admit that you loved? Well, we talk a lot about, um, all of the social apps, yep. Facebook, Instagram, and part of our job is to really keep keep up to date on what's going on. Um, so there's actually a, uh, there's an email uh, called Inside Facebook. And like an email newsletter. It's like a newsletter. Yeah. It's like a simple newsletter. Yeah. And um, this newsletter actually uh, keeps you up to date on everything that's going on within Facebook. Huh. So it comes out twice a week um, and it's not just a link, a list of links. It, it actually looks at an in-depth, uh, coverage about all of the interesting news that's happening um, on Facebook um, and then all of their related well, cool. um, uh, operations that they have. They have a complete analysis on what's going on. Um, so really, you, there's like a one-stop shop on just keeping up to date with Facebook and all of the properties that Facebook owns. This is cool. I'm on the site inside.com and they have, in addition to the Facebook one, which I'm super into, there's all sorts of categories. Anything right. from um, inside cloud computing to inside New York City. Yeah, I saw um, inside San Francisco was yeah. one of them. Inside venture capital, inside – this is cool. So it's like – I like their style of reporting. It was nice and clear and concise and this is kind of yeah, – I, I love the good email newsletters. Email yeah. newsletters get a bad rap, but my ones that I love – Oh, they're, you, they're religious. Yeah. You got to read them. Yeah. This is kind of cool to, to segment it like that. All right, uh, let's go to the news you need to know. Um, bunch of stuff we uh, coming around there. We picked our favorite stories of the last couple weeks that we think are most going to impact communications and uh, marketing trends over the first over the next year. Um, one of the ones that I saw that I particularly loved uh, was from the Boston Globe. And I think we've talked on the show a couple times the power of these Facebook closed groups. Some of the famous ones like Pantsuit Nation uh, during the election. My mother, uh, my wife is on one. Uh, called Mama Tribe in Chicago. Is your wife on that one? Mama She's Tribe. on like a similar Chicago yeah. Moms Club yeah. or something. And it's just the amount of information that people um, kind of go and share on there. Now, when you think about a publisher like the Boston Globe, and if you've been following Washington Post or New York Times like that, the comments are not a place of worthwhile discussion. Right? Not a lot of intellectual uh, <laughs> back and forth. There. Yeah, it's people <laughs> writing inflammatory stuff and just, you know, trying to get likes and other people angry. And then I love just, you know, you read one comment and then somebody gets into it with some other stranger and you're just like feeling bad for the both of them. <laughs> um, but what's cool about this, the Boston Globe did, is they set up a private or closed Facebook group uh, that allows their subscribers um, to, to access. And what's really cool is um, this is a Neiman Lab uh, reporting. Uh, they they found about there's about two thousand members of it, and um, it's this really really good community. So they'll post the news and stuff, and then the comments are very um, just kind of uh, neater. They're 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 nicer. People are really really helpful to them. Um, and some people are po are posting like um, you know things about the newspaper as yeah. well because you know now you have to pay for some of their digital. Um, 
some of their digital content as well. So yep. they needed to provide another way to give those subscribers a yep. way to communicate with each it's other. It's this. Too. I, I mean, it's so. It's one of those things you look at and you smack yourself in the head for not so obvious, of it, right? <laughs> but if you can provide a value-added service like that um, to kind of go, they also say that uh, the journalist will come on there. Typically, when I haven't seen many journalists going in there. And responding to Facebook comments as they do on on, on what I've heard done on this, um, but the they they also moderate it. Um, the moderator, so every single post goes into a moderation queue, and with two thousand people, you can bet that's a significant part of somebody's job. Um, but they've only ever not approved a post if it's spam or promotional. They said for the most part, um, people are getting kind of good. So that's cool. That's great. What do we think? Is there an opportunity for these Facebook groups? To have customer discussion. Remember back in the day, we all wanted to set up bulletin boards on our site or private forums to our, our, our company. But now everybody goes to Facebook. Right. What, what do you think about that? Like just having – I think I would join like certain communities. I think there's certain sure. communities, yeah, that you would join. Um, I think the – part of it is going to be a little bit, I think, of maybe customer confusion on yeah. if you have a Facebook page and you have a Facebook group, yeah. what should I be joining yeah. and – you know, am I going to get, if I join, say, 10 Facebook groups yeah. like this yeah. for maybe services, yep. is it going to be, am I going to get, like, a ton of different notifications? Yeah. And I think one of the ways that, or one of the reasons why they're doing this as well is is because of the uh, kind of the clampdown that, that Facebook has put on organic reach for yep. brands. Yep. You know, from a group's perspective, it's not pay to play anymore, right? So yep. this is kind of... A, I wouldn't say it's a way – it is a way around it, yep. but the Boston Globe is doing it in, I think, a more organic way. Yep. And I think the one thing that we would have to be maybe a little bit aware of yep. is that brands are going to find ways to try to gain it, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you yeah. think? Um, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> um, I think there's this opportunity for – I don't know if you want to call them like super fans. I'm thinking if I got an email from – oh, I love this clothing site called Gustin. Uh, Wearegustin.com is their their site. Um, they take they make nice you know designer jeans and they sell them at wholesale. So it's kind of like Kickstarter meets designer jeans. And so you get these for like a fraction of the cost what it costs you in the store. Um, but at the same time, it, you know they only get funded if they get a certain group. I would love – if that company had a private group, I would go there and just talk to other people. How are you – Wearing it, how are you, you know, treating it and stuff like that. It would be, but, you know, versus their Facebook page, uh, the, the normal public one, is just a link to their, pro hey, go buy this, new new item release. Right. It would be kind of cool to have like a sub. You could almost like see it, it, could Facebook start developing maybe tools and kits for yeah. brands um, to kind of, this basically is like a loyalty program yeah. almost, you know, could could they develop different type types of kits to invite people Yep. You know, into a loyalty program through yep. this. I think it could be, they could totally upend, you know, a lot of the loyalty content yep. mechanisms that, that some other companies yep. have right now. Yeah. You know, it, Facebook must have some of the most amazing data about these groups, how they're used, that are typically yeah. locked off uh, to everyone else. They, they use them for everything. My wife and her friends use one just... Uh, it's not even a messenger group. They just use a closed Facebook group to kind of go and post all this stuff. That's not how they really. just prefer. Yeah, like all her core high school friends uh, use it. And they must have – people must be doing this obviously all around the world, the 1.8 billion or whatever that are on uh, Facebook. Um, so just imagine the amount of data. If Facebook has nailed social. Now, a company that hasn't quite nailed social <laughs> that I still respect is Google. But they made a really interesting move uh, this week uh, with an acquisition they made. What, what was that? Yeah, so they bought – 
um, they bought Fabric um, from Twitter, and um, Fabric is part—it's—it's it's a part of Twitter that maybe not a lot of people know about it, um, but it's been really influential in the mobile app development world. And what that that uh, what Fabric does is that it's a platform that offers um, developers. Uh, analytics to help them diagnose, you know, if their apps are crashing, why are they crashing? Um, it provides tools to help them monetize yeah. um, their apps uh, and, and a whole lot of other things as well. Um, and and it, it's interesting that Google purchased it from yeah. them. You know, uh, you know, not only uh, is it giving Google another way to help developers, yep. you know, monetize their apps. Um, but it's also it also kind of gave them a little peek behind the the curtains at, <laughs> yeah, at Twitter. Yeah, I bet they got know? to see some interesting numbers. On yeah, Twitter. I'm sure they did. You know, and it who knows it may help them make a decision down the line um, if they want to yeah. purchase them or not. But one day, do you think we'll have a podcast about Google buying Twitter? I'm I don't know if it's going to be Google. I would definitely imagine it's going to be somebody Some sort of acquisition <laughs> podcast, yeah. All right. I'm looking forward to the Snapchat IPO podcast. <laughs> I think that one's going to be interesting. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It, I mean, it's all part of Twitter just narrowing their scope. We saw last year the shutter of Vine. But I did see what was really cool is that they made all videos under six and a half seconds on yeah. Twitter automatically loop. So you kind yeah. of got that Vine feel still in there. Right. Um, which was kind of cool, but they're just going really, really hard on the features that they uh, love. I will say that I feel like I've been using Twitter. Like I use Twitter a lot and then I stopped using Twitter yep. for a while. And then I was like kind of in that lull for maybe yeah. like a couple of years. I'm starting to check it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. it's just maybe it's a little easier. I, I think the while you're away mm-hmm. um, feature, I really like that. Yep. Um, I don't know. Just something I noticed. Yeah, I found this really cool. You know, it's obviously the pocket's been around forever. I just started finding the right people of these people who are writers, either comedians or writers on other shows. And these guys are just absolutely gals are just absolutely hilarious. So it's just whole community of people just making hundred. 40 character jokes um, that I think are just absolutely hilarious that are on there. So I've been going back there a lot too. Uh, CES was a couple weeks ago. Um, what did we see? I mean, there was a lot going on at CES, but what did you see coming out there the most that we saw everywhere? Yeah. Uh, you know, what we saw was there was a, a whole lot of talk around Amazon Alexa. Yep. Which you have, right? You are the I have, Alexa. I have Alexa and I have Google Home. Oh, you do have both. Yeah, I have both. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're in different rooms yeah. <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, we saw a lot of, uh, integration talk with Alexa. It's like everyone had to have an Alexa thing on there. It's yeah. weird that it wasn't Google, right? I think, I, don't I think know maybe it's just, it's just I think it's just first mover. Yeah. Probably Alexa's maybe just a little bit more ingrained. Yep. Um, you know, personally, I hope that, you know, Google catches up. Yep. Um, not just because I have both, but I think that there's maybe slightly more potential yeah. in the Google one. But what is your, what is your family using most on Alexa in terms of query, like what do you what do you right now? We look up, so we have one in the kitchen and then we have one in the living room. Which one's in which? Uh, right now we because we use I since we got the Google one later, yep. I wanted to use it more to just yeah. to try it out. So we use it a lot in the kitchen. Gotcha. Yep. Um. So, so ours is too. Yeah. So we use it for like a lot of cooking things, yep. timers, music, yep. um, directions. Yeah. Um, and then in the one in the other room, um, we use it primarily for music and, um, 
well, we were going to use it for like video casting because yeah. that's what Google had, but now we have the Alexa in the, yeah, in the living sleep. room. Oh, um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, so so it doesn't have that capability. Yeah. But um, I mean, this is the future, right? Yeah. You know, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were so many cool ones we saw at CES. All the DVRs were having it integrated in there. Like I, I hate navigating my. I love my cable provider. I'm one of the only humans in the world. I think that can say that. Um, but I, I hate navigating through their on demand. I would right. love to just say, okay, Google, did anything go off? Okay, Google, play, <laughs> play, okay, Google, play Rick and Morty episode four or okay, Google play the OA episode three. It's, I'm dying for that to come to my thing. In again. the car. I, I mean, it's so oh valuable. Gosh, car, I mean, yeah. the way some of the car manufacturers have voice enabled stuff right yep. now, it's horrible. Yeah. And this is just, it's just going to be so natural to have yeah. this type of AI in there. Yeah, I have to say, I have to spell it out. FM91. <laughs> like in order to it doesn't, mine doesn't even recognize it. It yeah. doesn't even recognize me. Yeah. So um, I don't even mind. So Amazon restaurants has a thing where you can order stuff directly from there from a bunch of restaurants. There was a really cool one, a company called Notion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are an inbox artificial intelligence. And what they built is you can ask Amazon, you can ask Alexa to summarize your most important inbox. Hmm. So it'll go. So then it reads there. back. Yeah, cool. Kind of like how inbox on Google knows what's your priority and all this yeah. stuff. Um, this is not. This is through Alexa, and I think I don't know how it installs over there, but it will know who you email and stuff, so it can read like your most important emails hmm. or what it thinks. You know, obviously over time it'll get better uh, to kind of go on there. The real future in in you know whether it's Google or whether it's Alexa. Is it's not going to be more in? I don't think it's going to be in the query based yeah. uh, asks. I mean, those are definitely going to advance. I think it's going to be in the notification. Yeah, that's when the assistant turns yeah. into a real assistant. This I I don't get notifications. I ask for notifications and they show up on my phone. I don't get my home. I would love it if my home walked in. I walked in and then my home knew I was there and be like, hey, you need to check right. your kids' home. I think it's a balance of like, well, do you want your Google Home notifying you for yeah. a million different things, yeah. but there are probably some good, you know, high priority things that, yeah. you know, you, you know, Home or Alexa should interrupt you yeah. without you asking it something, yep. right? So, um, you know, I think that's the type of stuff where is going to be the real future of yeah. this this type of AI. Yeah, our the Google Wi-Fi I was talking about earlier at the top of the show works with our Google Home, so we can say, okay, Google, you, you know, I wonder if our listeners have. Google Home on it every time we say, okay, Google. So that happens in the commercial all the time where it like pops up. Um, I can say, okay, Google, turn off my son's iPad. Right. And it will know if he's connected to it and be able to cut it down. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really oh, cool. Awesome. So you can like monitor it for things like that. Or oh, wow. I think, um, but yeah, you can just like control the Wi-Fi or you can have it give priority. If this app is so cool. You can have it give priority to advice. Mm-hmm. So lots of times your computers are on, maybe do, they're doing a back row download or even like if the, it'll... My TiVo, if it's recording something, it'll take data off the, mm-hmm. the cable stream to record. So you can have it give priority to a device. So if you're watching a Netflix show in 4K, you can say, you know, okay, Google, give priority to whatever that specific device hmm. is that's Chromecasting in there. So you can get better stuff coming out. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, still obsessed with VR. Uh, might be a little further out than voice, but um, the, one of the favorite things, you know, we've been doing these demos for uh, our clients, for our other offices around uh, virtual reality uh, with the HTC Vive. And one of the, by far and away, the most popular app is the Google Tilt Brush. Uh, this is like, I just. What's Tilt Brush? Tilt yeah. Brush is the, it's drawing in 3D. So you can call it Microsoft Paint for virtual reality. 
And so you get various brushes, um, and then but you're completely surrounded by it. So you can draw a circle around yourself or draw a house around you. Um, this has been a very, very popular thing. Google just announced something called Tilt Brush Kit. Uh, what this allows you to do is design something in virtual reality. So you design your kitchen, right? So you have the glasses on, you can kind of just paint, kind of paint your kitchen, you have it kind of all sitting there, right? Then you, what you can do and take is take it and import it into Unity, uh, which is a development tool that allows mm. you to make it interactive like a video game, hmm. all right? So some of those other ones we've seen, you know how we do the bow and arrow one where you can pick up the objects. What this will allow you to do is draw a bow and arrow, and then you can kind of pick it up and interact with it. I don't know if it has the mechanics on shooting it and stuff, but you can, can draw and then interact with it. So you can draw your kitchen. So you would interact with it within the same tilt brush experience? Yeah. and then okay. you create an own, your own extendable uh VR app out of that tilt brush thing. Basically what it lets you do is design it okay, and then take it into unity to make it interactive mm -hmm. and then take it back out into VR. So the, in any VR app, uh, yes to a VR app that, that can work you know, with, with the headset. So the, you know, the thing we think of is let's do our kitchen and what if we could make all the things in our kitchen interactive or what if I could build a way to swipe a new refrigerator in or swipe different cabinets. Mm -hmm. so you can kind of get that feeling of what it would like be like to do there or, it's um, kind of like what, um, how HoloLens was designing um, some of their like CAD, yeah. some of their uh, you know their their CAD uh, experiences as well, where you could design like a quadcopter. I remember in the demo, you could design a quadcopter, bring it into yeah. <laughs> um, bring it into a three D printer, and then you yeah. could actually print it and like awesome. make a real one. Yeah. So it's kind of similar to that. It's really cool. They, my um... I brought my kids to the office and let them play with it. And my daughter just loves painting everything in rainbows. She'll just walk around <laughs> during her time and paint 10 minutes of rainbows all over until brush. It's so, it's so cool. But what I, I guess what else is cool about it is that now you have kind of a quick way to prototype a VR experience. So mm -hmm. if you're a little nervous about taking the plunge here, you can, I feel like, more quickly design what it might be or, or give somebody a feel for it to do. I think it was maybe uh, closing in on a year ago. Uh, where we talked about the news where Google was replacing or, let's say, augmenting the like, like button with love, haha, wow, angry, and sad. Mm -hmm. um, the folks over at Newswhip uh, did a really, really cool study, and we speculated on why people would use one of those emotions over another, right? Uh, so the folks over at Newswhip uh, took a look at publishers, some of the, you know, the people who put out content, the, the big media people, and figured out what types of stuff is most likely to get a love, a haha -ha and a wow. Um, so it was interesting. This um, they they took a look at all the publishers in December of 2016. I'll read some of these. Listeners, think uh, about what you've known because there was a couple ones I hadn't heard of. Uh, the people, the the publisher with the most loves is Unilad. Is Unilad? I haven't heard of Unilad. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one is the Dodo, another site I hadn't heard of. Uh, the Lad Bible was number three, and then coming in at number four was Fox News. So you have a major publisher. Uh, if you look at the numbers, they're almost less than half of the number one Unilad uh, that goes on there. So um, it's kind of just interesting to see what types of people, what types of people are, are, are getting these stuff. But what else was interesting is what types of content is getting the love. So if you're thinking about a brand or a company putting out stuff, how do you how do you get that love? Because uh, I know when I in my newsfeed when I put something out and I get a ha ha wow or a love, it makes me feel so much better than just getting the standard like right. uh, to do there. So top love stories. They were very much human interest, uh, feel-good stories, that type of stuff. Number one was a U.S. Marine bringing home a stray, stray dog from Afghanistan. Number two was a man tipping a waiter, uh, $300. Number three was a school raising money for a little boy's shoes. This is the type of stuff that's getting the love. Makes sense, right? 
you get these these kind of nice, easy things to go there. So let's move from love over to funny. Uh, Amit, what were the funniest ones? Kind of the at least from a publisher's perspective, we saw a lot of the same type of data on on who's getting the most uh, the most hahas. Yeah. So we saw Unilad. This um, I'm following right and now. the Lad Bible and the the funny ones or the the interesting thing about these two publishers is that they're so far and away above yeah. the third place, which is by an order of more than double, al- yeah. almost three times. Oh man. Um, is Fox News and then Breitbart is actually number four. Um, so we're seeing, you know, quite a bit of funny material from here. So obviously these two publishers, they have it kind of, they must, they must either know somebody at Facebook or they just have this <laughs> algorithm cracked. Um, but what we're seeing in terms of the funniest stories, um, the, the actual funny stories. So we see uh, the top one is from the Daily Mail. The Good Samaritan gets perfect revenge on rude driver. It's a combination of two, Good Samaritan and, right. uh, and some humorous materials. Yeah. Yes. And then we saw when Canadians use public toilets, <laughs> when a predator strikes, 2016, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that actually could be pretty funny. Um, <laughs> this grandma is absolutely hilarious. Uh, Kaepernick benched after historically bad oh, look performance. At the, look at the publisher on Kaepernick benched story. Fox the, News. Fox News has that. Uh, so Fox News is one of the most funny ones on there. And it's a sports story. Uh, that's that's the only it. one that's a link as well. And All of these are videos. Yeah, that's interesting insight. Yes, videos. Yeah, we look at the top 10 most loved. There's only one photo. Uh, it's the very, very bottom one. It was the Humans of New York photo. Um, everything else is a video. Yeah, video by far and away. Uh, we look at the funniest stories. There's only the one of them's a link. That was that Fox News Kaepernick benched. Everything else is a video. Video, video, video is driving everything. We saw Facebook making even more plays to put video first on on top of everything. Right. Uh, what about Wow's? Same story, isn't it? Yeah, Wow's. We saw um, not quite uh, the the runaway success for Unilad and the Lad Bible here, but they're still number one and number two respectively. Yep. Um, followed by CNN and then again Fox News. Yep. Uh, rounding out this list, we see Architecture and Design. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, National Geographic, and then we see Board Panda as well. Huh. And then the stories are. What were some of the stories that get wowed the most? Yeah. So the these ones um, we see one from BuzzFeed. What's the best holiday movie? I bet it was Die Hard. Everybody, <laughs> that seemed to be the hot take. In this the, one was uh, a media. this one was a live video, so maybe oh. it was a little bit different. Um, BuzzFeed Food. These are like you know they're classic quizzes. Yeah. You must pick only one. Classic BuzzFeed. Uh, CNN blast at Mexico fireworks markets injures dozen. Oh, that's interesting. That's so a it's kind of like shocking content. Story. Yeah. Um, gold.com vote for your favorite footballer it's a, oh place for Arsenal oh okay He's literally the worst <laughs> <laughs> Ronaldo it says it was the uh, looks like the the love Messi or Ronaldo was the heart oh, right. Messi was the wow so I think yeah. they were you know they were doing they were just like like baiting that oh know? yeah just they're yeah. like trying to get people to kind of like to go do their Oh, gold.com. Uh, then we saw one from National Geographic. First dinosaur tail found preserved in amber. Is that the one that had the feathers on it? Yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, so that, that's interesting to kind of do there. So it's insights to take away from this human interest video uh, and, and uh, are the stuff that drives a lot of the most um, things to go on there. Yeah. So data is one of the things that drives how we approach this content. Man, nobody knows 
why stuff takes off like it does. Sometimes I post, you know, I always just steal stuff off Reddit and post it on my Facebook feed. And I'm like, man, no. this is going to get out of here. Whatever. <laughs> it's not stealing if it's on the internet. Uh, if the, one of the, you know, I, I post something out there, I'm like, this is going to kill it. I'm going to get 100 likes. That's when I know I've done something usually pretty awesome. And I get nothing out of it, right? You can never kind of predict it. So it's all kind of like just working with that data to do there. And um, we're seeing Instagram take a lot more moves. Instagram obviously owned by Facebook, but seeing it take a lot more moves there. And they're bringing business insights. They're making it a little bit deep out there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're, they're starting to bring in business insights and ads into stories. Um, so Stories would be the functionality that they... Stole? Borrowed from Snapchat? Yeah, so the interesting thing here is that they're seeing almost 150 million daily active users using Stories. So, so they brought that functionality in. They get 150 million DAUs. Yeah. Wow. I mean, immediately took off, right? Yeah. It's something they got to be kicking themselves for not doing oh, I'm sure. months ago. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. I wonder if their stickiness has gone up too. Like if people are coming there... Like those DAUs, I wonder if there are people coming back every single day to see stories or mm-hmm. if it's, or if it's like, uh, oh, I'm here on Instagram every single day. I might as well see what's on the top. Yeah, I'm thinking it might be. Yeah. I feel like it's the latter, but yeah. Um, anyway, so now brands can insert um, themselves into these stories um, yep. through an ad, um, but they must be converted uh, to a business profile in order uh, to do that. Because when we signed up for Instagram. Right. It was just... It was a, there was one account, yeah. right? It wasn't like that in Facebook where we used to have personal and business, right? Right. It was, yeah, it was just one account. Right. So now Instagram is trying to get, they're making a big push to get all these brands yeah. converted over to business pages. One, so they can track them and try to sell them ads. But yep. then two, um, <laughs> you know, that the Instagram algorithm is now going to affect them yep. even more. And so when we say affect, we mean? Decrease their yeah. reach. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're looking at... It's a it's a give and take for a business, isn't it? Right. Like, I mean, yeah, you get they. That's fair though. It's not like they just nerfed them. Like, right. Exactly. Them. At least you're. At least the brands are getting something yeah. out of this. Yeah. They're getting all that kind of stuff to go on there. You're. You can expect. I. I would hypothesize that when you converted from a regular account to a business account, it's going to affect you in the algorithm. Right. But at the same time, what point is doing anything if you can't measure it? Right. Worth the trade and anyone that's smart these days in marketing puts money behind paid social because it's so ridiculously effective to, right. to generate content stuff. Um, that, so are, are people having success businesses that do that? Are we seeing any numbers on um, how those are coming out? Yeah, there was one firm here in uh, Mulberry. Um, we saw the head of digital marketing over there, Philippa Montiero. Um, she mentioned that um, she was quoted in the Instagram article. Yeah, yeah, they that they were seeing um, five times more clicks to site and engagement wow. when compared to the average um, seen across their huh. other social channels. So when they had a story in their link, they got five times more clicks over to the site. Yeah, huh? I Is mean that that, so that we, could be. I mean that could be just the effect <laughs> of being one of the first advertisers yeah. in this space, so you yeah. get kind of the full share of voice there, right there. Yeah. Um, still 5x improvement yeah man. that's worth trying in the short term well if you know if brands want us to try it out you know now is the time it's always better to be early than late to this game yeah yeah videos are killing it we see from what people love and like to how successful they are on instagram so much so that facebook is making updates uh to their facebook live product i've been surprised how many times i see on the cta a facebook live ad outdoor advertising for facebook trying mm-hmm. to get you to turn on and go live right there um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's on there, I, I, but you only ever used to be able to do it from your mobile. 
Um, but now they said you can just plug right in from your desktop camera. We could, we could hit there and go live right now. Another thing I thought was cool is that used to be you had to have uh, content access to the Facebook page, right? You, which would, you know, for somebody trying to open it up, you would imagine how you don't want to give your access over to anybody. Uh, but they allowed for a new user type called live contributor. So the obvious implication here is that you could make an influencer you're working with or somebody who's maybe on site at an event or someplace cool doing something, have them be just a live contributor for a while. That's the only thing they can do in touch. Mm-hmm. But it makes it so much easier for these people yeah. to add live content for your page. Uh, a whole bunch of new video insights uh, that's on there. One of the other things I liked is live comment pinning. So you can pin a good comment. Sometimes when I watch a Facebook Live, it's just this stream of stream stuff. Of yeah. Content, yeah. So like I would love to be able to stick one of the most insightful ones that come up there or an explanation of what's going on uh, to do there. Uh, and a couple other things that came across was video permalinking, and uh, you can now cross-post it. So say you worked for Mashable and you were recording something for Mashable UK, you can now cross-post that video to all your other properties. So if you're running multiple Facebook pages, uh, it's obviously an obvious way to do it. Um, what's Have you seen any good Facebook Lives recently? Um, I mean, I see them all the time. Anything really stick out that you've seen? Good. I'm looking for some on my feed right now. Um, you know, I see a lot of personal yeah. live. I see that get promoted quite a bit. Um, from a brand perspective, I haven't seen, seen as many pop. Yeah. I mean, there I would say there are definitely brands doing yeah. it. Successfully, uh, I think. Successfully, they're really kind yeah. of cool. I'm kind of sucked into it weirdly when I see one yeah. kind of pop up. You gotta, they have to draw your attention really quickly. Yeah. Now, today's probably not everything on Facebook is covering the inauguration right now, so probably not a good day to look. But um, <laughs> most of this stuff, yeah, starting to see some cool ones on there. That wraps it up for today's show. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, We've really enjoyed bringing this to you. Uh, As always, if you could quickly please go to iTunes uh, as seen on Internet. Um, Search for it. Can you tip us a five-star, please? Uh, It really helps us with the rankings. We love watching the show grow and kind of take off as you are all listening, and that would help us uh, a lot to do it. So signing off for now, I am Ben Foster. With me, as always, is... Amit Widera. Hey, everybody. Have a good one, and we'll see you next time.